Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Tony. And this is Making It in Asheville. A podcast where the two of us typically sit down with an Asheville local who's a artist, entrepreneur, creative of some sort, and learn what they're making and how they're making it in Asheville. But today, it's just the two of us on our couch talking. Yep, we decided to take a break from interviews, um, knowing that Independence Day is just around the corner. We wanted to talk amongst ourselves about the idea of independence as it applies to being a small business owner. And so in this episode, we share our thoughts, some of our fears, and the systems we have uh, at this kind of two-month mark. Plus, we share our vision for Independence Day 2020. So without further ado, uh, enjoy this really fun conversation we had on the paradox of independence. Enjoy. Wow, that was a really good intro, don't you think? <laughs> Always. Always. Getting better and better. Getting better and better. So we don't know what the intro is going to be yet, but we um, loosely had an idea for episode 10. We wanted to have a conversation, and when thinking about what we could talk about, um, we just kind of circled around the idea of the paradox of independence. And it sounds like it's something that might be a thing, but I'm not sure it's a thing. It was just a thought that we had about starting a business and um, the words people use to describe being like a business owner is often independent. Uh, and what we've found, or at least are starting to I don't know, unearth and realize is that it's actually, there's a ton of dependence. Um, and so without trying to have the whole conversation now, does that sound like what we said we were going to talk about, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're two months in, officially two months on July 3rd, uh, into owning our own business, um, and, and we're you know, no longer being employees of other companies, so we are feeling a lot of feels and, and going through a lot of ideas, yeah. And understanding what this is and how are we going to make this work and uh, things like that. Things like that. And so with July 4th, you know, a couple of days after this publishes, right after this goes live, uh, we the word independence was very much on our mind. Um, and so our thought was kind of riff on this idea of the paradox of independence. Um, and then we were giving each other homework of come up with some questions that we would want to ask the other. Um, we're going to try and keep it tight, but who knows? I can talk. Well, it's going to be tight. We promised ourselves. So Sarah, when we talked about the paradox of independence, mm -hmm. what kind of, cause you were like, Ooh, I have so much to say, but I want to save it for the podcast. What kind of things came up for you? Mm, yeah and should we have we really defined terms yeah no like let's explain that so yeah. i think it's a, the paradox of independence okay you imagine you're working for a company and you get off at work from at six o'clock every mm -hmm. day and you go home and then you you stop working like you are you're completely free you're left the office your computer's at 
work. Um, and so you kind of just let loose in a way. Then switch to working for yourself. And that sort of turning off becomes a lot more difficult because you are always on and you are always thinking about what the next step is for your business. Um, especially for us because we work together as a couple and we work from home. This is something that has been a particular challenge. Um, so, so the idea that you are independent from working for somebody else and yet you are not so independent from your, the work itself. Well, I couldn't have dreamt to have said that better. And I, I think you were dead on with the idea that, uh, it, it multiplies, right? So I think that, and perhaps this is a simplified example of what a employee at a, at a standard job might feel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, if you're all in to the mission, if you're, you know, in a nonprofit and it's very, like, you're committed to it. But that's not exactly what we're talking about in this example of the paradox of independence. Um, but there's there's something to be said about all of the triggers that we have created that will remind us of work. Like imagine being the employee who typically just like unplugs and then goes home and sees a, a coworker in his house <laughs> or like, you know, technically uh, the place where you lounge and watch TV is also one of your workstations. <laughs> so it's yeah. like uh, we specifically, I think, in, in these early days of getting this business thing and so many changes in our life figured out, I think it's really become apparent that uh, we could be on and mm-hmm. working all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really funny. You just said a parent, but I, I kind of heard the word parent come out of that. And I think that um, having your own business is kind of like having a baby in some weird way because you're just, you want to take care of it, you want to nurture it, you want it to grow well and turning that off in your brain is like nearly impossible. Like you're always thinking about it, even if you're not working on it. Yeah. And so let's think. So we have this idea, right? Which is when you're, when you work for yourself, when you have your own business, whether you're an entrepreneur or just like a, you know, crafts person, but you're running your own business, you are by definition independent. Um, and, and while that's true, the, the question now is, uh, where are all of the dependencies? And one of the things I was thinking about is like if Sarah's headed to New York for a week in a week, and if I were just to go off in the woods and like do outdoorsy things that I've been wanting to do, like there are people who are going to wonder what we're doing. Like what, what is, hey, you're, we're supposed to have a meeting. Hey, you have work that's supposed to get uh, returned to us. And so I feel like, specifically being service, like building a business that is service-based, mm-hmm. in particular being uh, having our business be really tied to like our faces right now, uh, even heightens the dependency that we have on showing up, doing the work, and communicating with our customers, where perhaps if we were, you know, uh, turning scrap metal into cute frames. I don't know if that's, I'm sure that's a thing, but like if we're turning scrap metal into cute frames, you know, maybe we don't show up at the farmer's market where we normally have a stand 
um, and that hurts revenues. But I don't know. I wonder if, and I suspect that because we're in service, it's even heightened. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I would love to know what other people think that that are have their own company, whether it's a service or a product based company. Um, if they feel more or less independent, having one or the other would be um, very interesting. And then something else that we've kind of heard from different podcasts is this idea that if you have employees that are dependent on you, there's kind of this sense of I can't let them down. I, I need to be there and, and be available for them. Yeah. In the conversation that we had with Nikki Sherba that is lost in yeah. time because I didn't press record, uh, one of my favorite lines that, again, no one has heard was the fact that like the burden of having someone's entire livelihood dependent on the business that she's building. And I loved how after it, she goes, but anytime I, I like stress out about it, I just say, it's okay. We'll just get more work. The money's out there. And I love that as a energy. And I love that as a, I mean, I, I believe that is true also. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a whole new level, I think, of, of intensity and dependence that we're not even close to. I, I still think that we're in the baby pool for this thing. Yeah, we're, we're in the infancy stage, <laughs> as we've been saying. So, I mean, this is an interesting paradox, I think. Um, my question for you, Tony, mm. is how do you personally manage this work-life balance? What things are you doing to combat it in a way? I think it's so funny that you say that because in my notes when I was kind of thinking about this episode, I have uh, the paradox in, in the one section. It's paradox of independence, employee, owner, balance, question mark, necessary, question mark. <laughs> Can you decode that for I will, us? I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. But what you are kind of pointing to is this idea of work-life balance. And I think philosophically, I don't necessarily believe in a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I think there's a beautiful quote that a, a dear friend, mentor of mine, potentially ours, mm-hmm. um, Devin always uses, and it's from someone else, but it's the idea that a master in the game of life makes no distinction between work and play. And I, I believe that there's a version of this thing where you could, it could be confusing to anyone who wasn't you. If you were working, playing, having fun. Um, and so my, my thought is that as long as we continue to build a business where, our clients are doing things that we ourselves would want to be researching and learning about and the work that we're promising for them is stuff that you know comes naturally and that we're excited about then I don't know if balance in a traditional 50 like balance means 50 50 right if you're going to balance two things like the weights uh and we can talk about that but like I don't think balance is that in Important. What I do do uh, is remind myself that it's it's all fun. I, like I remind myself that 
uh, I like to say none of this matters mm. um, because it, it really, I don't think it does at the end of the day. If like um, there's a lot of news that you can get in a phone call that would fundamentally change paradigms. And I try and think about stuff like that um, and remind myself that this is supposed to be fun. It's just monopoly money. Well, I'm not even thinking about the money. I'm thinking about the work. Uh, I, I just realized that I'm, I'm wearing a mustache today. One of the things I used to do when I was working in tech is I'd show up to work with a mustache every once in a while. Um, and my colleagues had, well, they all seemed to have the same opinion, but different versions of the same opinion, which was that, dude, that's ugly. Uh, but the point was, hey, guys, this is supposed to be fun. I have fun. When I wear my mustache, this is fun for me. Uh, and just remember that we're we're having fun out here, even though it seems important. And um, I think I think those are maybe the things that I do is I don't care so much about balance. And we're doing work that is exciting for us anyway, that I would stay up late to like research on my own. Um, and then lastly, I just try and constantly remember that none of it matters and put thoughts in my mind that would remind me um, of what's important relative to, you know, a little bit of work. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, I like that mindset as well. Um, and I know we remind each other of that often. I think something that comes up for me is, is something you said to me the other day, which was I was working on something and it was like almost dinner time. Um, and you're like, hey, babe, it's a marathon, not a, not a sprint or whatever. And that just reminded me that a little bit, like doing a little bit every day is going to get us a whole lot further than trying to get it all done in, in one day. Um, so I like that as a, as a metaphor. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And one of my, the things that I think supports that is uh, to, to name things in a cool way, right? Like, mm-hmm. so this is the paradox of uh, independence. I think that that is the compounding effect of consistency. And I think that consistency compounds, right? Like, we're 10 episodes in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people listen, but not as many people. Like, mathematically, I'm willing to bet that episode 100, we have more than 100 times the listens. Right. Or, te- or more than 10 times the listens. Right. right? So episode 100 will have more than 10 times the listens, but only 10 times the output. If we remain consistent on this weekly thing, mm. that validates this you know, law of the compounding effect of consistency. And I think that with all things, um, you know, Bruce Lee has a, has a really great quote. He says, like, I'm not afraid of the guy who has practiced a, I don't know, right kick a thousand times in a day. I'm more afraid of the guy who's done one right kick a day for a thousand days. Mm. That guy's got a really good right kick. I don't And, you know, he uses a specific type of kick. But I think that that is true. That's just, you know, you can't really challenge that. And so while there's always more work to do for us, I think that if we just consistently do the work, we're going to be in a in a really good place and we avoid burnout. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something else. You reminded me of something else that, which is know thyself and know when you work best and when you're going to get the most for your money. 
um, you were mentioning earlier that you you stay up late sometimes and do research or do work, and that's like your magic hour. Well, for me, it's early in the morning, first thing. Um, if I tried to stay up late and do work, I would probably be 10 times worse than it would be in the morning, or I would just get it done way slower. So better to just leave that time to rest. Yeah. So I will, and I, I agree with that. Last night I did a little bit of work right before bed and the look that you gave me, I was like, yeah, I know. I just, this is <laughs> like, it's, your, it's your just hour. a quick, it's a quick thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, so here is a question for you, Sarah, mm -hmm. because I know that before you moved to New York, you had a, a very, I'd say non-American or particular, uh, daily routine and I do see you as someone who appreciates routine um what of this whole thing right of the last two months of living and kind of working remotely and contracted uh for your old employer and then having uh making it creative like what of the day-to-day -day lifestyle gives you the most love or joy or happiness or is it what comes up when you think about your routine today um Oh, that's very interesting. I think one of the things that I love most is that I get to work on what I want to work on when I want to work on it, generally speaking. Um, this kind of goes back to the know thyself, which is like know when your optimal hours are and know what things make you the most efficient. And so for me, having the the independence or the freedom to say, okay, today I'm going to work on this, this, this. And this is when I'm going to do it. And I'm going to take a break here and go for a walk or do some exercise or make lunch. Um, that has been helpful in, in making, helping me to work better in that sense and, and to feel better as well. Um, I think there are lots of benefits of working in an office. Uh, one, you get to talk to a lot of people every day and you get to have direct contact with them and sort of always be on the pulse. But I also think there are a lot of great benefits from working from home, and one of those is is being able to, like, take care of yourself a little bit better um, just because you can get outside and do things that you normally can't do. Yeah, and I ask that in part because I see, I see that in you. Like, I see how you always, like, kind of hit pause and get outside typically right around midday. Yeah, uh, and I, it's... It's a, that's a funny thing too. Like when I used to work in an office, I would always try to work, get up in the morning and exercise, but a lot of times it never worked because I just am not a morning exercise person. Like I need time to like wake up, have my coffee. And I like to write in the morning cause my mind is the freshest then. And so that was always a challenge. And now I get to do that in the middle of the day and it mm. works out way better. Awesome. Do you have a question for me? Hmm. Um. I have a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm going to keep asking. And I think that this is just because I don't have my answers yet, but I think that these are important questions. What, if anything, is keeping you up at night? Keeping me up at night? Uh, not knowing. Not knowing what's going to happen um, with, our, with our company and our business. And although I am very positive and, and um, very proud of everything that we've done so far, 
uh, it's definitely scary not knowing, you know, hey, are you going to have more clients coming down the road? Are we going to, you know, have enough money to like pay ourselves? Are we, are we going to do the work well? And I believe that we can, but it's, it's still scary not knowing when it's your own business. Well, when it's, you're working for somebody else, there's a little more like stable ground because you're not the one in charge if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can defer responsibility to someone else. And I think um I think that we're similar on the fear. So, I don't necessarily have fear that we'll not find clients. I don't necessarily have fear that we won't um make or have the ability to make enough money. Mm. Have the ability to make enough money to pay ourselves. If there's a fear, mine is in delivery of what mm-hmm. we say we'll deliver mm-hmm. um, because I think that we have a system, right? Like, and, and it's in its infancy, but I think there's a difference between a goal and a dream, right? And so it's not like we have this dream of having a successful business. Uh, a goal might mean, you know, by definition that there's slightly more systems in place to support achieving the goal. Um, And I I would say that we have something of a system where it's like we're going to have enough conversations with enough businesses um, that I believe that the system will support us and we'll have the opportunity now it's going to be a matter of like how happy do we make these customers and once that happens then i think there's a flywheel effect and our business will be more than okay but when does that all happen is part of the question and uh can we make these first customers really really happy and and Mm -hmm. you know and beyond just you know quantitative success qualitative success can we can we make our clients walk around and not because we've asked them to be, but just be these billboards of positivity and like thankfulness for having us on the team? If yes, we're good. If yes, we're good. That's my, that's my take. And so what keeps me up at night um, is just, you know, making sure that the work we sign up for is the work that we want to do and we do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's but I mean and that's I guess that um keeping you up at night or that like tiny bit of I don't know if I would call it fear, but that tiny bit of like fire in a sense I think is a good thing. It's amazing. It's a great thing. It and it's almost like this rush because when we have done something that works or we, we've gotten a client or something. It's like, Oh my gosh, wow, we did it. Like we, we, all of that worry and fear and then we made it kind of thing. Not made it, but we, we took a big step. Yeah. This is a checkpoint. Yeah. Huge, huge checkpoint. And you know, I, I love how you, and I, I don't think you're wrong. I I love how you um, put me as a night person I think that I'm like either either end, I'm I'm night or morning, 
And I just, during the middle of the day, I get so distracted by so many things that like, that's my least productive time typically. Um, but I, I'm completely with you. Like that little, some of the thoughts in my head as we go to bed, make some of my mornings the most productive mornings. And mm. I think that that's really okay because what we've been doing or what I've been doing recently is like capturing those thoughts in a little notebook, waking up and crossing those thoughts off yeah. like first thing. Um, and so I have a little, you know, mini legal pad on the net bedside table that has all of the notes for today's conversation, um, which helps. Yeah. I think that's a really powerful tool is, is writing the things down before you go to bed. Like I do that with my to-do list as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes is I'll, I'll write down the three things I want to get done the next day before I go to bed. And then when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to think about it. I just go. Yeah. Cause sometimes there's this like parallel, parallel paralysis where you don't know what to do next because there's so many things to do so kind of having that clearly laid out for you is very helpful perfect segue to the next question on my list of questions which is um what are your favorite work things that we do so like systems tools processes that we've come up with and i'm going to take your answer and expand it um from you know trying to get stuff I, i think that what we've done particularly well is try to get stuff out of our heads and onto paper and when possible paper that both of us have access to and can see um making things as explicit as possible and for me visual is very helpful so um taking thoughts out of my head and putting them onto our shared weekly Mm stand-up document Mm -hmm. is like a is a lifeline for me right now. And then this, the nightly, you know, as I'm reading, uh, right now I'm reading, uh, what is it? Doom, Dune. And like, I don't know, every couple paragraphs, I'll be like, Oh, here's a thought that's making me not think about the book or, you know, be in the book right now. Let me write it down and make sure that it's captured. So tomorrow I can process it. Um, but getting things out of my head has been my favorite thing that we do as a team. Yeah. Uh, and we do it on a weekly basis. We do it on a daily basis. And then I do it personally on a nightly basis. Um, and it's been like so liberating. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, definitely. I was thinking as well, when you are an independent or self-employed or business owner, one of the challenging things is figuring out what thing you should do next because there is nobody telling you this is what you need to do um you you are your own manager so one of the things and and just to just to explain what you kind of just alluded to was one of the things that we've been doing together is every week we have what is called a stand-up meeting and the idea behind it is that you have it while standing up we don't always stand up but it should be short enough to have that you can stand up for the entire meeting. And during the stand-up meeting, we go through different categories. So we have like our personal life, like personal life things that we need to get done today. Like go get the car fixed. Or like whatever. we're working on a wedding and we bought a car. So there's a bunch of life things. Exactly. Um, and then we have our kind of list for making it in Asheville, which is all of our podcast things and our blog posts and uh, all of the social media that we do around that. 
Uh, and then we have everything related to our business and our clients, which is our, our marketing agency. Um, and we dump everything there, usually going through um, things we need to do for the business, but then also things we need to do for each of our clients this week. And that really helps us stay on track yeah. and making sure that we're doing the work that we say we're going to do. Yeah. And I would say a minor distinction is that it's we do it weekly, but it's intended to be a catch-all for all of the thoughts around yeah. each of those sections. So we've had some, you know, items, for example, on our uh, making it an Asheville section, which is like, you know, find a new theme for the blog that has increased functionality. We're, we don't need that to happen this week. It's something that's coming down the line. And so it's, you know, it's a technique that uh, a lot of um, engineers and like computer programmers use these stand-up meetings, which is, um, you know, just develop a backlog of work to do. But having it visual, having it always there that we both access and can track uh, has been wildly, uh, I think, important. The other thought that is showing up for me when I think of best things we've done is midweek last week, we changed our shared inbox process. And I think that that's going to be a huge deal for us because uh, it had been a little bit of a cluster for the first two months, um, knowing who's read what and what has been acted on and what hasn't been acted on. Um, we have business email accounts and you know you can email us separately, but they all kind of funnel to the same uh, main inbox. And so I have a, I've been using this pretty sophisticated and I think helpful um, inbox system on my personal emails for a number of years. Um, and I implemented that with us and so far so good. Would you say, Sarah? Yeah, we're, we're a weekend. We're a weekend, but it, 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 there's a process, I think. And I think at the end of the day, uh, you can tweak processes to, to track outcomes. You can't tweak the absence of a process, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, right? definitely. Like you can make it into a science equation and see what, what outcomes happen when you change variables if there's a process. And right. that's one of my thoughts about why I'm not fearful about the business I'm just fearful about the work because I think that our process for uh, having conversations that are going to be meaningful um, is going to be there. I think that we can communicate value that we can provide to businesses. The question is like, how good are the systems going to be that we just deliver against all of them as we add new clients? Right. Right. That, that complexity becomes really interesting to think about. Yeah. There's a lot, we have a lot of creativity I think, um, and we and think big, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think funneling that into a structure is the biggest challenge that we're we're faced with now. So we're at the thirty minute mark of us just talking, and I have one last question for you. Okay. Okay. So, and I think that this is this will be fun to review. What is your vision? for Independence Day 2020. What do you see the world like? Well, I've been married for, I don't know what, seven and two, uh, nine months. Mm -hmm. 
What's the world look like? Ooh, that's a very interesting one. Uh, well, one, I think we'll know what to do on Independence Day in Nashville. Ooh. Because right now we're like, what do we do? We have no idea. Like, should we go downtown? Should we go picnic in the mountains? Like, we're, we're I think we're so used to New York and everything being crazy and chaotic on holidays that we're like, we have a little bit of fear of, of what's going to actually happen when probably it's fine because Asheville's small and, and much more relaxed than uh, what we're used to in New York. Um, other things. Yeah, I think, I hope that we'll, we'll feel more independent in the sense that we'll have built the structures and the discipline for ourselves and that we'll be kind of in this groove in this like really smooth flow that everything will feel much easier and smoother and so by by having that discipline and structure we'll feel slightly more independent than we do now i love that as an answer and i agree i i i see pretty much the same thing so i see um a the word that came up for me was like engine like but machine like like there's going to be more systems more processes that are you know self imposed but that we can trust and rely on and believe in and it allows for something that per- perhaps feels more uh like an employee relationship in the business that we're building um and if we're in the same space i see uh, meaning our apartment is the same. I see like more plants and like more little, uh, little touches that make it feel particularly, uh, our home mm-hmm. versus just yeah. someone's home. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, our relationship with Asheville, you hit it dead on the, on the nose will be that much deeper as well. Uh, and I really look forward to doing a little Independence Day recap in 2020. Yeah. Let's put that on the calendar. Cool. So that was an episode. Um, we'll probably, should we record an outro for this too? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was our conversation on the paradox of independence. And that was episode number 10 on the paradox of independence. Uh, If you'd like to learn more about what we talked about in this episode, you can visit our show notes page at makingitinashville.com slash zero one zero. We include links and descriptions of specific things that we discussed. And as always, please, if you enjoyed the podcast, like, subscribe, and uh, review iTunes is the standard place to do that. Um, anywhere would be greatly appreciated. It helps us get discovered on all the platforms where podcasts are listed. Um, and hopefully that's a good thing because it should help people who are in you know, your position, our position. So thanks in advance. Um, the other thing that we'll say is if you're interested, please visit makingitinashville.com and join our mailing list. We have a bunch of uh, really exciting projects that we're working on with some of the interviewees and some other Asheville business owners. Um, we're not always going to be able to communicate that through the podcast most effectively. So being on our mailing list means that you'll be the first to hear about um, some of the cool things that are coming down the pipe. 
And lastly, we'd like to leave you with a question. Uh, what are your best resources for small independent business owners in Asheville? This could be a group, it could be a Facebook group, a club, a book, or simply a piece of wisdom or advice that you'd like to share with others. Uh, so if you'd like to share, please email us at hello at makingitinashville.com. We are hoping to share some of these responses uh, on the show notes page for this episode, and hopefully it can help others uh, in the community. Sarah, we are 10 episodes in. Good job. High five.